Welcome to the Society of British Dental Nurses podcast, sponsored by Horton Consulting. Hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm Laura Horton and today I am speaking to the amazing Rachel Jackson, who has a wonderful story to share with you all. And I really cannot wait to get into the nitty gritty of what's been happening in Rachel's life over the last 14 years or so since she started in dentistry. And I want to start by telling you that Rachel owns a dental practice. And I think this is absolutely fabulous. So let's officially say hello. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hello, I'm very good. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. You have got an amazing story to share with our dental nurses. And um, I'm going to ask you lots of questions, if that's okay with you. That's absolutely fine. I'm excited to share my story. Well, Rachel, let's just get straight into it because, you know, this is a wonderful story. You started your career in dentistry as a dental nurse and you are now a practice owner. Can you tell us all a little bit about this? Yeah, of course. So um, when I first started um, my career in dental nursing, to be honest, I didn't think that it would be a career at that point. I just left school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to waste my time studying for something that I might not use. So I actually ended up in a dental practice as a receptionist. Um, my boss managed to talk me into nursing and kind of went from there really. Um, I didn't qualify for a few years, so I didn't qualify until 2007. Um, I actually started as a dental nurse in 2004 um, and then went on to the GDC register in 2008. Um, I think that early kind of early on after I qualified I kind of realised that I didn't want to stay in dental nursing and when I heard that the kind of law had changed and that GDC registered nurses could actually own a practice, I think in the back of my mind, that was then always my goal. Um, and what I wanted to do is then kind of get an insight into more of the business side of dentistry and um, obviously the treatment coordination side and, and just learn as much as I could and absorb as much as I could um, to kind of give me that platform to move forward in, in the direction that I wanted to. Oh wow! Absolutely. So you this year, this summer, you opened the doors to your practice. So can you tell us a bit about the practice, what you offer, what you do? Yeah, What's... of course. Yeah, so the practice is um, in Nutsford, and I actually am a Nutsford resident, so it's perfect. There's no uh, long commute for me anymore. Um, so it's kind of on my doorstep, which is nice because I can always keep an eye on my little uh, my little baby now. Um, so I opened in the summer. I actually took on, so I leased the building and I took on the lease in April. Um, so it was an existing practice um, and I didn't really have to do much to it. It was more of just like a facelift. But there's so much more to do than you actually realise when you take on the project. Um, so it took a bit longer than I had anticipated, but that gave me enough time to kind of get my team in and train them and get some of kind of the word out there in the local area. Uh, so I've now got my team here. Uh, so I've got two dentists that I work with, um, a hygiene therapist, and also I've got a nurse and my receptionist student start with me in a couple of weeks. And I work as the treatment coordinator within the practice. Wow, amazing. So business owner running the business and your treatment coordinating as well yeah but it's it's definitely feels different when you do it for yourself because not that I've ever resented it when I've done it for other people but 
you know you, I think it just feels completely different when you do it for yourself and you don't think of it for one second that it's a problem for you um, and we do um, at the private the, the practice is a private practice um, so we do a lot of cosmetic work like the Invisalign braces and teeth whitening and a lot of dental implants and big smile makeovers but equally we do quite a bit of general work so it's a good mix really which keeps it interesting and no two days the same as you know so we're uh, very exciting oh, it just sounds absolutely amazing and this this is a, a dream come true for you and so many dental nurses you know when we're at events and we're talking to our friends that are also nurses everyone's had that conversation haven't they of I'd love to own my own practice everybody but you've made it a reality yeah and I think honestly the amount of times that I've thought it and I've said it I mean even when I've gone into some, some roles that I've been in and people say oh why do you keep your GDC registration and what comes out of my mouth is oh the reason that I want to keep it is um I want to have my own practice one day but um, I don't want to come off the register because I think it would be really difficult to get back onto it and as those words are quite my mouth I've always thought in the back of my head not that I actually think it would ever really be achievable and that that dream would ever come true and I kind of would doubt myself a bit and think oh would I ever be able to actually do that so uh, it is absolutely a dream come true oh it is it hasn't, it hasn't been an easy road necessarily I know I you know I'm sounding completely enthusiastic and excited for you <laughs> um but by all means it hasn't been an easy road has it I and mean, if we start back Rachel many years ago is it right that you were turned down for a promotion because you were too young yes so in one of my um earlier jobs as a, as a dental nurse I I used to just kind of go above and beyond and and I, I did that because I thought I just need to get my foot in the door so I thought if I prove to somebody that I can do something I'm capable then surely I would get given an opportunity and I worked in a very big practice and it was a mixed NHS and private um and I remember just, you know, going to my boss and I'd been there for, you know, like 18 months and I thought, right, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to go and ask because I think if you don't ask, then you don't get. So I sat down and said, you know, I'm really keen to progress in my career and, you know, I'm enjoying dental nursing. I'd like to you know, go a bit further and, you know, what what other opportunities are there? And I'd, I'd love to eventually go into baby practice management, but at the minute I'd like to take on some more responsibility. And he just said, you know what, I'd, I'd absolutely love to give you responsibility. I know that you're capable, but unfortunately you're too young. And there are girls in this practice and they've been here longer than you and they would always come first. And I thought, right, well, fine. If you're not going to give me the opportunity, even though you've just sat there and told me that I'm more than capable of it, then I am going to go elsewhere and I am going to go and get that opportunity. So, so that is exactly what I did. So I left that practice and went into a new practice and I applied for that job as a senior dental nurse. Um, and that's what I did. So I just thought, if you're not going to give me the opportunity, then I'm going to go and get it for myself. Wow. Hats off to so many dental nurses are frustrated in their roles, aren't they? And yeah, we see this on some forums, which I know are quite a negative place to be anyway. So what are your thoughts then? What's your advice to someone who's not happy in a practice, not, you know, getting the progression that they want? What What's your advice there, Rachel? My advice would be that, again, you know, again, if if you want something, then you need to go and get it. And if, if you're not happy where you are, then why would you stay there? I think that if you're more than capable and you've upskilled yourself and you've given everything that you can to that role and it isn't recognised or it is making you unhappy, then you do need to move on. And there are always opportunities out there. And sometimes 
you know, it's it's just about keeping your eyes peeled and getting in touch with people. And even if you sent your CV around or spoke to somebody that you know that maybe works in another practice, I think there are always opportunities. But I do also believe that they will come at the right time. Um, so yeah, I think if you if you're unhappy and you feel like you're being taken for granted, then definitely move move on. But I also think that to get the opportunities, you do have to put the work in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So let's talk about that then. So what sacrifices have you made, Rachel, to be where you are today? Because I don't want our listeners to think, oh, you know, look at Rachel. She's, you know, married a dentist or <laughs> married a rich man or something <laughs> like that. Because that is not the case, everybody. Um, you have worked so hard for what you have, but that hasn't, you know, you have made sacrifices, haven't you? I definitely have. And I, I've made sacrifices and I've had setbacks. So there are some roles that I've done where I think, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to get paid for doing these hours and I'm not going to get paid for doing this work and treating it like it's my own practice. I'm not going to get um, anything. But what I did get is I became established. So people would go, do you know what, if she works for him, then she must be good. Or they would see things that I'd done for other practices that I managed on social media or the development of their website. And I would get recognition that way, which meant that when I applied for a job, somewhere else I wouldn't get turned down because they'd already kind of seen what I'd done and and I think that what I've always done is that I've always just absorbed as much information as I can or if there's something that I want to know or well, how do I do that then I'd go and look for it. and one example is that I went for a job as um it was actually the, the job title was a business manager in a practice and I thought well you know I'll go and apply for it and I didn't really know what what I was doing and you know I went for this interview and the, and the guy was saying can you do this and can you do it and I just said you know what I absolutely cannot do those things I've never done them before but I can tell you now that you'll only ever tell me once and I'll learn how to do them and he said that the sheer determination and how sincere I was told him everything he needed to know and he actually employed me over an experienced uh, manager and that was probably you know financial gain for him and that's absolutely fine but again I then started doing the role of a treatment coordinator within that business I did some courses that I wanted to do um, I I actually paid for them myself um, but I just think that yeah there have been setbacks and I have done a lot of traveling and I have done a lot of hours um, and I think it's just you have you have to put everything in to get to get something out of it. Um, I did go through a period of, of kind of burnout where I just I almost probably took on too much. And that was my own fault. But I I do just kind of say yes to things. And I think that I was I ended up doing, you know, a role where I was almost doing practice management, business management. I was doing every every hour that God sent. I was even working my weekends and my evenings, replying to patient inquiries and, you know, seeing new patients in the practice. And I, and I got to a point where I thought, you know what, I'm just I'm just not good at my job anymore. And my boss made me feel like I wasn't good at my job. So I actually reached out to um, Chris Barrow, um, who, you know, I've, I've always kind of followed him online. And I, I think a lot of the things that he says are right. And he met up with me because I, I honestly thought, oh, I need to be coached. and I need someone to really help me because I'm just failing. And he actually made me kind of take a step back and realise that I'm not failing at all. I'm basically doing the role of the work of three people, three individuals, and I'm doing it all myself. And obviously I can't do all of those roles well, so because I don't have time to focus on them. So what I actually need to do is take a step back and either do one of the roles and do them properly, or just take a step back and, and make a complete change. So 
in the end I did I did take a step back and I made a change and, and changed my job again because I just thought I can't carry on that way and that was also a difficult decision for me because I liked the practice I liked the team I liked my boss and I you know kind of had a friendship with him outside of work and I just thought at the end of the day I had to do what was right for myself and and you don't really get anywhere again by looking after other people and not yourself and that was a massive learning for me yeah that sounds like a huge decision it was a big decision and I think that the the help that I had from Chris was you know just you can't put a price on that I mean just the time that he gave me and I, I you know it was at Christmas and I did think oh you know I don't know if I'm going to do anything about it and and if my heart wasn't in it because I thought oh I, I just want to be loyal to this person I work for and then I thought I just can't be like I, I have to move forward and I have to do what's right for me and, I, and it's the best decision I ever made and it kind of gave me that time to think you know what I am just going to get my life on track and where I'm actually going again and reevaluate everything whereas when you're so caught up in the day-to-day and you're doing everything and you're not being appreciated for it and you don't get any recognition um it is hard and you do kind of doubt yourself and you go through phases where you think what am I doing and where am it where is it going to get me and you do just get into a negative mindset so I think that was difficult but it was it was the best decision that I ever made to just move forward from it definitely and it's really interesting that because you've applied for this job you've got this job based on your positive attitude yet you're you've ended up in quite a negative place because because you're so positive you say yes to everything and then it's had this effect that's actually resulted in burnout and I think are you, are you able to share, you know, with our listeners what burnout is and how that makes you feel? Because people say they're tired and people work hard and I get that. But burnout is something actually is a different level, isn't it? I think so. I mean, for me, it's a different it's a different level to being tired. It's like, you know, you're not coming home thinking, oh, I'm tired. I've done like a 13 hour day or whatever. It's when you when you don't actually have a second to yourself. Um, and I mean, I. I would always go, you know, I was traveling like into the center of Manchester. So I'd I'd be in Manchester for half seven in the morning. I'd be at my desk. I wouldn't take a lunch break because I'd always have so much work to do. I used to just think I need to do this because unfortunately, if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it for me. So I'd just be working all the way through the day. So I lost a lot of weight because I wasn't eating because I was so busy. And I'd get home and I would just sometimes I'd be emotionally unstable. Like I'd actually start thinking I'm crying at nothing I don't ever do anything like that and I'd be driving home and I'd be thinking about work and I'd wake up in the night thinking about work and thinking oh my god have I done that or what am I going to do about this or is this person going to leave or what about this patient and it just it just consumed my life you know with in terms of my health and my sleep and my relationship with my partner and everything it was just unsustainable and again it did that, that I'm, I'm a very positive person I go in in the morning I'm like right okay let's get ready for the day and just get on with it and I get really excited and, and, and I've always loved my job and I didn't dislike my job but I thought I didn't like the person that I was becoming um, and I just think you are just mentally and physically exhausted and that's when you start questioning yourself thinking is it me am I not good enough you know what am I doing wrong because something could go wrong and I would just beat myself up, up over it thinking oh my god that's my fault or you know I can't do anything about it and actually that wasn't that wasn't the reality of the situation it's just that I couldn't see it when I was so so caught up in it at the time horrible time yeah Uh, and also you have been through another really tough time as well haven't you with um 
post-traumatic stress disorder. Are you happy to talk about yeah. that? Yeah, I'm more than happy to share that because again, you know, that was a big, a big part of my career and I had to really, you know, really think about what I was doing and take a step back to kind of look after myself. Um, so, you know, it was a really positive situation. So I've been working for a dentist and again, I'd kind of got to a stage where I wanted the progression and I wasn't getting the progression. So um, one of the associates at the practice had actually come to me and said, oh, you know, I'm actually setting up my own practice. And I would love for you to kind of be on board with me and I would love for you to come and be my manager. And it was actually in Bolton. So I was so excited and I was so happy that he'd actually thought of me and he's like I wouldn't want anybody else by my side and all of my family were a bit like oh god you know it's a bit of a commute this that and the other and I, I was just so positive I thought nope it's fine I can do it it wasn't that far it's just like 45 minutes drive but it was more that it was the commute on the motorway every day which I hadn't really experienced before and uh, unfortunately I did get uh, nearly killed on the M6 by a lorry uh, so completely wrote my car off when I ended up down the side of the uh, the embankment uh, crashed head on into a tree um, and then following that I mean I, I just kind of threw myself back into work and I still pushed myself every single day to um, do my commute to work a back road in the dark and it took me two hours there and two hours back but I just didn't give up and then I remember just kind of going through breakdown and my GP said you know listen like you cannot do this anymore you have unfortunately got post-traumatic stress and I'd kind of pushed it to the back of my mind and thought well, no I'm absolutely fine but I clearly wasn't um so I had to unfortunately leave the job and I was really upset and that was really difficult for me to take so what I then did was I took another job as a as a manager within um, a mixed practice within the city centre in Manchester and again, I didn't want to do that. I didn't, I kind of came out of the NHS for a reason. And I didn't want to work in a practice that was a mixed practice. Um, for my own reasons, I don't, I don't think that that's sustainable. Um, I just took it because I didn't want a gap on my CV. So I was working there and the pressure just really got on top of me. And essentially what happened is I couldn't cope with post-traumatic stress and doing the role of a manager. So I had to take a sensible decision to take a step down. And leave that role um, and just do the role of the treatment coordinator full time and that just gave me time to kind of recover and rehabilitate myself um, so I could go to work and I could get on with my job and focus on the patients and do my role to the best of my ability without the added stress of managing a team and managing a practice and it probably took me at least two years to fully recover um, and then when I kind of got to the stage where I was recovered, I then just gradually took on more and more work really within the role. So because I was capable of doing things like the accounts and the marketing and managing the team, you know, I, again, I, I wouldn't say no to anything. So as soon as it landed on my desk, I'd just do it. Uh, and I ended up then back in into a management role again when I was ready. So, yeah, it was a struggle. It was hard, but I, I kind of came out the other side of it. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful that I was able to take the step back and reflect and, and give my time the self that give myself the time that I needed. You've had you know, different experiences as a manager, as an employee, because you've had one practice where you've had PTSD and they've been really accommodating to letting you, you know, take that step back. And then you've had another practice where they've, you know, let you burn out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I would say on that is that I think from the employer's perspective, 
I think what they do is they think, well, unless you tell me that something's wrong, then I can't help you. And I am the kind of person that I don't ask for help because I don't know why and I don't know what it is with me. But I always think, oh, am I just weak if I ask for help? So it was my own fault. And I recognise that. Um, I even think, you know what, if I had gone to my boss and said I'm really struggling, would he have done anything anyway? Probably not. And in all fairness to him, I didn't give him the opportunity to. I just kind of said, I can't do this anymore. But for me, I think that they they would have known that I was overloaded. So to keep on piling more and more and more on and knowing that I am working every single hour because I'd be replying to their emails at 10 o'clock at night or saying, oh, I converted this patient to an appointment last night at 11 o'clock when the email came me. He knows full well, regardless of what you think. They know full well of you know the pressure that they're applying and the hours that you're doing. And stupidly, I just didn't I didn't ask for any more pay because again, I just thought, oh, I'm failing at this and I'm not doing it very well. And really, I just thought, what's what? Where's the reward for me? There isn't one. And unfortunately, you do have to sometimes be selfish and think, well, I'm not you know I'm not here to do everything for you forever. So you need to just you know be selfish and take some time for yourself and decide what you want to do and where you want to be really fabulous so what you just said there time for yourself and evaluating where you want to be that you know that has been a huge payoff to you that you've taken that step you know and said where do I want to be what do I want to do and ultimately you wanted to own a practice and that's where you are now which is amazing <laughs> it, it really is would you be able to share, Rachel, something that I I think um, is an interesting part of your story, which is essentially a, a sort of dragon's den experience? <laughs> yeah. So so on that, um, in terms of owning owning the practice, I I do have a business partner, but he's nothing to do with dentistry. So um, when I wanted to it when I you know kind of made the decision right I'm going to open my own practice that is definitely where I'm going and what I want to do I'd um stupidly I told a dentist that I used to work for and as he got wind of it he obviously thought oh perfect I know she can do that I know she knows what to do so I'm I want a slice of the pie and he'd managed to kind of talk me into thinking right we'll do it together and uh, we'll get this investor and you know this that and the other so I kind of went on this journey with him for 18 months which I didn't get anywhere is the bottom line Um, he kind of you know took me around the houses and you know said oh yeah you know I know people that would do this and I know people that do that and long story short I just had to kind of take a step back and think do you know what I'm, I'm just not doing this any longer you've said that I'll do you you know we'll do this together and that you know people that will invest so I kind of just took a step back and thought I need to go and get an investor on my own so I did um had to do a, a full presentation and put figures together and a full business plan and I listed it on a website called the angel investment website um and I had a few people that kind of made contact but not not really and then I was approached by somebody that said that they'd heard of, of what I was trying to do and that they'd be interested in discussing it with me so I had to go along to this guy's offices and present to him if you have ever watched Dragon's Den it is literally like Dragon's Den so this is my business plan these are my figures this is what I think I can do this is my experience for them to go yes or no and you are putting your whole life on the line because it's all that I ever wanted and um, that was probably the most difficult thing that I ever did in the most stressful day of my entire life because it was absolutely everything and they don't even turn around on that day and go yeah of course they want figures they want to discuss it with their accountants so I've been through a lot of meetings and things like that and uh yeah eventually 
got got them on board and um, so they you know uh, the guy that I work with now he is he is my business partner and what he brings to the table is that he's got a completely different skill set to me so the dentistry side of it I don't feel that I needed any help with that and what I needed help with is you know maybe how to present figures in a different way and how to keep an eye on cash flow and forecasting and budgets and things like that so again I'm always learning and I'm never going to say that I know everything because and we we have a great partnership because we both offer something completely different and that's why it works for us. So again, that was never an easy ride for me and it was very, very difficult. Um, but it means that he kind of leaves me day to day. He's not my boss, he's my business partner. He leaves me to get on with the practice and we just meet to discuss the facts and that's it. Sounds terrific, <laughs> but also amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was nice as well that he kind of said, you know, I, I invested in you as a person and the business problem was only a percentage of it, which was really nice because you just said I could see that you were so determined and everything that you said, I knew that you would deliver on it. And that kind of that's what made him say yes. Um, so that was really nice because I thought, you know what, everything that I've worked for has just finally paid off. Well, and again, you know, Rachel, another tough decision that you've made to, you know, you're essentially starting a business with a dentist friend. And then you've had to make that decision. Uh, no, that this isn't gonna, this isn't what I want either. Yeah, that that was really difficult. And and one thing that I will say to look out for is that every single person that I've ever worked for, and when I've left them to go and do something for myself, they will make out like you're destroying their world and that you shouldn't do it. And you know you need to think about them and you need to think about their practice and what are they going to do and who are they going to get? And they offer you you the absolute earth. But what you have to remember is that once you've made that decision, you need to stick to it because they could offer you one guy that I left. I said, listen, you could offer me £50,000 tomorrow in a company car. And I know for an absolute fact on Monday morning when I come back into work at 11 o'clock, it will be exactly the same. And I said, if that doesn't tell you that I've made my mind up, then I don't know what else. Does. And he said, that's fine. I completely respect your decision. And people make you feel guilty for leaving them and for moving on and doing something for yourself. And you just have to always remember in the back of your head, sit to your guns and do what's right. Because if it doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't. Well, Rachel, you are full of advice today. I have to say, it's amazing listening to you. It because it's all—it's just so true. It, everything you're saying is so true. You know, you've got to know where you want to go, focus on that, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to do what makes you happy. Ultimately, that's what you've done. And dental nurses, you know, that are listening, whatever it is that you want to do, if it's going to make you happy, just listen to Rachel and do it. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's so many opportunities. I mean, people might think they don't want to go down the route of owning a practice, but they want to do, I don't know, they want to become a specialist nurse or they want to become a treatment coordinator or they want to progress into hygiene and therapy. And again, if somebody's always saying no to you, no, you can't do this course, you can't do that and I'm not going to help you. Well, you have to go and go to somebody that is either going to help you or do it if you can do it yourself because they aren't going to help you. And unfortunately, if they don't have your best interest at heart, then are they ever going to? No. And you know, you have to kind of look at how how they how they run their business and how they treat their other stuff. And you know, where's that going to get you? And you have to put yourself first. And like I say, you don't ever let anybody ever think that you're not good enough because you are. You just have to believe it yourself. And and, and like I say, if they're not going to give you the opportunity, then go and get it yourself. And, and you can absolutely do anything that you want to do if you put your mind to it. Wow, Rachel, thank you so much. 
So for our listeners, would you mind sharing the name of your practice? Because I'm sure everyone's going to want to have a nose on your website, yeah. if that's all right with you. Of course. So it's uh, Superior Smiles Nutsford. Wonderful. And I have to say, the branding is beautiful. Did you lead all of that? Thank you. Yeah, I actually worked with, uh, <laughs> I worked with my partner on it and he's kind of had a big kind of say in, in terms of the logo style and things like that. His background is actually marketing. So we worked on that together and my main goal was always I want to keep it really clean, really simple and just not overcomplicate anything. Um, and I'd actually kind of already just for years because I again it, it was it was always a dream and I had my little Pinterest mood boards and this is the kind of colour scheme I want and things like that and, and it all came to life so to see it actually come to life was just amazing and I think that it didn't become real until past my CQC inspection I just remember going home that night and I just shut the front door and I just broke down because I thought oh my god I can't actually believe that I've done it and that was the first time that I let myself believe it was real because before I just thought oh something could go wrong or it could still not happen um so yeah that was uh exciting Oh, oh, amazing. Oh, right, well, Rachel, I think if we could have another interview in a year's time to see what it's like, you know, a year on. Into yeah, the be interesting. Yeah, really <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'll be telling you I've got more chairs upstairs or something. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time today, Rachel. And thank you to everyone for listening as well. And, um, you know, listen back. Rachel's given out some huge nuggets of inspirational information. I've made loads of notes. So if you haven't, you know, if you're driving on the train, listen back, write down some key points of what Rachel's advised here, because they are golden pieces of information that are going to support every dental nurse no matter what you want to do but it will support you a hundred percent if you focus on some of the things that Rachel's saying here so thank you everyone for listening today huge thank you to you Rachel and we look forward uh, I look forward to interviewing more dental nurses about their stories to inspire you furthermore thank you for your time today Rachel lovely thank you for having me you're welcome Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe so you can be notified of our next episode.